0: In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. Updating a story WSJM first brought you on Friday, investigators with Benton Township Police Department report they have arrested two suspects connected to a kidnapping and subsequent burglary at Dunham's Sports in Benton Harbor. Benton Township Police say a joint investigation revealed that a manager from Dunham's was kidnapped at gunpoint away from the store and held hostage by two suspects. One of the suspects went back into the sporting goods store after hours and used two large coolers to steal a large amount of firearms. The suspect then fled the scene. The victim was released by suspects. The victim then called 911. After obtaining initial information from the victim, law enforcement investigators quickly developed two suspects. Surveillance was initiated on their whereabouts, and the suspects were observed carrying the coolers into a residence in Benton Township. Benton Township Police credit the joint investigation with local, state, and federal law enforcement partners, resulting in multiple search warrants that were executed at various locations throughout Benton Township, culminating in the arrest of two suspects. All of the stolen pistols, except for one, were successfully recovered. Law enforcement plan to release more details about the investigation later today the Berrien County 911 Dispatch Center has implemented a new technology to ensure emergency calls get the fastest possible response. Berrien County 911 Director Caitlin Samsel tells us the tests were done on Thursday with Peninsula Fiber Network to use the location of a caller to determine where the call goes. They switched us over to geospatial call routing for emergency calls placed from wireless devices. And this is very exciting for us because there are certain areas where a call is routed based on what tower it hits. And so we will have calls that are routed to a different 911 center where they really belong and where responders are dispatched from. Samsel says in some cases, especially with calls that are made near a jurisdictional boundary, the calls could get routed to the wrong 911 center. The tests last week were successful. Even through yesterday's testing, we saw the majority of the calls get routed to the correct 911 center when they would have previously been routed to a different 911 center. Samsel says the new system is now up and running, meaning if you call 911 from a cell phone, it should be able to tell where you are right away. She says Berrien County looks forward to emergency call routing to continue becoming more accurate as carriers improve the timeliness of location data delivery. State Representative Pauline Wenzel says the legislative session that just ended in Lansing was a whirlwind of partisan bills from Democrats that left Republican ideas in the dust. Wenzel's back in the district until January now that the session has wrapped up. She tells us the Democrats didn't waste any time pushing their priorities when they took control in Lansing. There was no thought. Policy should take time. It should be thoughtful and there should be lots of input from stakeholders and people around the state. Not things that are just rushed through. I mean, things were so rushed that there were times that we were voting on bills that we hadn't actually seen. The bills weren't even in front of us because they weren't really written yet. They were still being written. Wenzel says the worst of all the bills passed was sweeping energy legislation requiring Michigan to get 100 percent of its electricity from renewable sources like wind, solar and nuclear by the year 2040. In order to do this and put this much solar up, they took away complete local control and now these solar and wind turbines can go anywhere without the local municipalities okaying them. Wenzel says 195 bills were passed in just the last two weeks of session, only 14% of which came from Republicans. She's hoping that in January things will change for at least a little while when Democrats lose control of the state house. That's because two representatives have moved on for other elections. The house will be split until a special election can be held in the affected districts, which is likely to be in May. The Berrien County Drain Commission is meeting with the public tomorrow on flooding issues in Bridgeman. Drain Commissioner Christopher Quatran tells us there's an area of the city where residents have been reporting issues during heavy rains. It's on the north side of Lake Street near Pearl Church and Clark Streets. Quatran says the problem has gotten worse in recent years. We had a couple town hall meetings with the city where citizens came in and they asked that I step in, Drain Commissioner, and help relieve the issues. Quatrin says there used to be a lot of farmland in the area, but as the city has been developed, the Williams and Essing drain system is no longer adequate. What happens is you become more urbanized, you create more runoff. And those pipes were designed, that system was designed on a different runoff factor. So over time, that design, the capacity of those pipes no longer can handle the loads that are being contributed to that, the flows and loads on that drain due to more impervious surfaces. Quadren says Tuesday's Board of Determination meeting will be a chance for residents to present their issues and arguments for having the issue addressed. He sent letters to around 600 residents inviting them to the meeting. A panel of three independent parties will listen to the information presented and determine if a drain district is warranted. Tuesday's meeting will be at 3 o'clock at Waco Beach. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners is hiring a new firm to handle medical services at the Berrien County Jail. The board last week authorized a new contract with VitalCore Health Strategies for medical services at the jail. The county currently works with WellPath for those services, first contracting with them in 2012, when the firm was called Correctional Healthcare Companies, its contract with the county expires at the end of this year and commissioners received four bids after a committee consisting of the sheriff's department staff, the jail, the county commission interviewed all four. They selected Vitalcore. It is a 3-year contract worth about $7.6 million. The Michigan Department of Transportation is testing a pilot program this year to have high school students paint the blades of snowplows. MDOT spokesperson Jocelyn Garza tells us Paint the Plow encourages young people to develop safety messages and artwork for the plows. It's an opportunity for them to develop a safety message, work together collaboratively with their classmates to complete this design, and then it adds an additional safety messaging factor out in the community as well. Paint the Plow is being tested at one high school in Clinton County this year, but then they plan to expand it. We'd like to make it available across the entire state. So what people can expect to see is over the course of the winter, we'll continue shoring up all of the guidelines to make sure that the process is really smooth for any schools that want to try and participate next year. And then we'll have a web submission form. Garza says Southwest Michigan students should have their chance to paint plows in time for next winter. MDOT operates around 330 snow plows and contracts with 63 counties to maintain state highways each winter. The Paint the Plow program will initially involve MDOT plows, but the agency will also work with county and road commissions and departments to expand the program. A road reminder, North Street in South Haven will be closed to through traffic starting today. The city says the closure will be while the new water and sewer services are installed. North Street is expected to open back up to normal traffic on Wednesday once the road is patched. Anyone who lives on North Street will still be able to get to their homes, but other traffic will be rerouted. Anyone with questions can call the South Haven Department of Public Works. And a new study by the University of Michigan says the U.S. economy will likely avoid a recession, but the next two years will only see modest growth. The economic forecast predicts a soft landing with inflation easing, interest rates staying high, and a boost in consumer spending. Lead researcher Gabe Ehrlich thinks the Fed will also cut interest rates, but probably not until late 2024. We expect them to to leave uh, short-term interest rates high, you know, at their current level for for a while longer yet. But eventually, on late next year, you know, that's going to give them the room to start cutting rates. And that should help give a boost to the economy. Ehrlich says there's also good news for Detroit's Big Three. The pace of light vehicle sales is expected to slowly recover from October's 15.5 million unit pace to about 16.2 million in the second half of 2024. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg.